Welcome to Salty, the show where a clueless cook attempts to prepare a gourmet meal. No experience, no recipe. Just a pile of ingredients and a pro chef on the other end of the line. Then we eat and judge the meal with a salty guest. I'm Lisi. And I'm Perla. We're from Jersey City. And we're your salty hosts. Today we have our rookie, Lee Johnson from Brooklyn, and chef Steven Sanders, also from Brooklyn, preparing roasted duck legs with tri-colored potatoes. We'll sample the meal with our critic, New York comedian, Anita Flores. In this episode, we'll discuss our inner cheese variety, find out if leftover pizza on a bus counts as an actual meal, very pizza rat, true, and learn about Anita's new show, I'm Listening, a Frasier-themed podcast that she produces and hosts. Let's meet Lee and Chef Steven. We're here with uh, Chef Steven and with Lee. How are you doing today? Not too bad. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Lee is actually our rookie. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you're feeling right now? Uh, feeling a little nervous. I'm a uh, television producer during the day, so I don't really have time to do anything when I come home other than like open a bag of chips and make pizza. And by make, I mean order. I'm excited, but uh, feel a little underprepared. I think the the less prepared you are, the better. Yeah, it makes for interesting radio. (laughs) Uh, Steven, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your restaurant? Yeah. My name's Steven. I run a pop-up dinner service called Oxford Plaid, where I cook uh, pop-up dinners in people's apartments here in New York and places around upstate New York. So I'm sort of a ragtag gypsy cook. That's pretty awesome. Um, But it's super fun, and I like yeah, I like going to people's homes, and you sort of make a party wherever you go, and you to meet people, and it keeps food social, which I really like, and that's why I got into cooking in the first place, was the social aspect of food. So I'm really lucky that I can keep that as part of it. Cool. So uh, kitchen surfing, kind of. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty awesome. Steven, have you ever done anything like this before? Like, have a friend call and say, oh my God, how do I make pot roast? Like- I have not. No. Okay. Oh, <laughs> this I, is going to be know, an experience. So much of cooking is visual, so this will be really interesting and to me. You know, you use all your senses when you cook, so to take some of that out of it will be fun to see what happens. But you know, I'm always up for a challenge, and I really learned to cook on a on a farm and in a small place for a bunch of people with not a lot of resources. So we'll just add this to the list. Perfect. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, I'm excited for both of you, and I can't wait to. Check this out. See what you're going to make. Yeah. I'll be your hands for you, Steven. Are you the kind of chef that has to be, like, in the room when someone's creating one of your recipes? Like, do you get anxiety from that? Or what's... What's your feel? Uh, no, I'm very, I'm very like low stakes, low key. I am, um, you know, I love delegation and I do a lot of cooking with this artist residency program on an organic farm. We cook for anywhere from 15 to 30 people and we have interns that help us and they're always a different intern almost every time. So I'm used to having somebody getting in there and then establishing a communication right off the bat and, you know, having them for a short amount of time. So I'm very loose with recipes and I always joke that if it doesn't quite look the way you want it to, you just say it's rustic and then people are like, oh, Awesome. That looks fantastic. <laughs> I love that move. That's it's such a great move. Rustic. I'm going to say that for all my food. Yeah, yeah. It's a little strange, and we'll go, oh, it's rustic, darling. It's rustic. It looks great. There you go, Lee. It's rustic, darling. It's rustic. I'm rust- rustic, I'm darling. Rustic. Yes. <laughs> Lee, can you tell us uh, the last thing you remember cooking that's not frozen pizza? It wasn't frozen pizza. Uh, I made egg in a hole where you cut a hole in toast and then fry an egg. I have that for dinner like three nights a week. <laughs> that hey, that I, I would be fine with that tonight when I got home. I would just say that that sounds good. I also, by the way, I am a firm believer, and it is 
for me, it is easier to cook for 30 people than for one person. What? I've heard yeah, a lot no, that's more challenging to cook just for myself than if there are, like, 30 people at the table. Because, you know, with 30 people, you know what you got to do. You put it together. You have to plan it out. You do the whole thing. With one, you're like, oh, I could just not do anything because it's just me. <laughs> <laughs> and for you, Lee, do you know the terminology of, like, kitchen? Just anything that a chef would throw at you, like, uh, measurement? And- ish. I do actually live with a chef, um, but that mostly just means that I never see her since she's always working. Dicing, chopping, like the standard stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. I know how to boil, simmer. Well, and this, you know, this recipe is very, um, I mean, it's pretty rustic. It's like, you know, really the only thing you have to chop or really prep is the onion. Awesome. Do we we figure out how big the potatoes are? Do we still feel like we need to chop them to be around the the smaller size? Do we feel good? I have not seen the potatoes yet. I saw them. They look pretty (laughs) small. We'll we'll talk it out when we get in there. It'll be a mystery to us until we get in Yeah, I think that's part of the fun. Let's just, you know, they could be boulders. They could be super tiny. Like, you guys just have to figure it out. We'll just roll with it. (laughs) <laughs> so I'm excited for both of you. Let's just jump right in. Let's do this. Sounds good. Let's do it. All right, Steven, I'm in the kitchen. What do I do? I'm here. You're here. All right, let's do it. All right, first of all, give me a little bit of a lay of the land. So where is the where is the range? Like where are the where are the burners? Do you counter space next to them? Yeah, How's it feels it feel? good. It's like a classic New York kitchen, but bigger than that. Four burners, counter space on each side. I got a cutting board, ingredients that I you know mostly recognize. <laughs> All right, cool. A little bit of light. <laughs> So let's start, why don't we start by going through, let's double check we have all of our staff and we'll talk to what it is. So let's start, four duck legs, you have four duck legs there? Uh, do I have four duck legs? Yes, I do. They're real fatty. Okay, great. And are they in packaging or are they out of packaging? They're in packaging. They're in packaging, okay, cool. Then we've got our, we've got a, a thing of time. The time, we got it. Okay, also kosher salt, black pepper. Kosher salt, black pepper, check, check. The potatoes. Got them. They're tiny. They're tiny? Okay, They're good. They're tiny That's potatoes. It. Then we won't have to crop them. Oh, thank God. Our one big onion. Got one big onion. Herb to Provence. Check. Fancy herbs. Great. And our olive oil. Got it. Is it a Dutch oven or a cast iron skillet? Cast iron. Got it. Okay. So what do we have in terms of utensil? Tongs, serving, uh, like a big stirring spoon, like a wooden spoon? I have a big plastic spoon. Oh, no, I do a okay. wooden spoon. A wooden slotted spoon and tongs. Great. And a whisk. Now, let's do a little mise en place. What is mise en place? Mise en place means putting in place in French. So it's oh. like, it's, what, it's the best thing you can do when you're cooking because you set everything out. And then, you know, when you're, like, in it, like, in the thick of it, you're not like, oh, I cracked the full bat out of the fridge. It's like, all right there. And you're just, like, working from bowls. So let's... Let's set up our lay of the land before we, like, go for the gold. Okay. I can do that. So let's start by preheating the oven to 400 degrees. Uh, okay. I can do that. Uh... Now, do we think, does it look, are we working on a gas range or an electric range? Uh, gas, it looks like. Yeah, great. So, sorry, what did you say for, uh, temperature? 400. 400. Oh, I hear digital buttons. So that's always awesome. Oh, there it goes. Okay, great. Let's put our uh, cast iron skillet on. We need a pretty big burner, so one of the larger burners on the dough top. Okay. And then take our duck legs out of the packaging and put them on a plate. Uh, okay. 
So let me find a place. Or if you have a paper towel, you can put a paper towel out. All right, four duck legs on a paper towel. Great. All right, so take some of the kosher salt, and you're going to put the salt in one hand, and then have the duck there. want to sprinkle the salt over, and the higher you, you sprinkle, the more gravity is going to help you be even. So you don't mm -hmm. have to go, like, crazy high up in the air, but if you go, like, a little higher, like a foot, you know, away from the duck when you sprinkle, gotcha. it'll make it a little more even. Yeah, I thought that was just chefs, like, being fancy. <laughs> and the salt, well, that crust on top is always the best part of duck. Gotcha. So salt both sides? Yeah, the salt on top. I love how meticulous Chef Steven is about teaching Lee some basic technique. After a lesson on how to make your duck legs as salty as you are, they got down to the nitty-gritty of chopping an onion. You should have an onion that has two little bowls of, like, where it's been pulled on either side. Mm-hmm. I do. Chop one of those bulbs off flat so then we can set, set the onion flat on the cutting board. Okay. Does it need to be like peeled first? We'll peel it. It's actually easier to peel once you cut it in half. Okay. Alrighty, cut in half. Done. Alright. And then, so now you, you have two halves, you still have the hole, which is the edge off. I have two halves. Okay. So what you want to do is cut one side, you know, where you can see the bulb piece still, cut that bulb piece off. Okay. and leave the other side on of each side. Wait, what? So you know you have the two pieces, so the two pieces you know where it looks like it was pulled, like plucked from the ground. Yeah. So you want to pull, cut one of those off, but leave one on, because when you cut, the one that's left on is going to help the onion not fall apart while you're chopping it. If that makes sense. Cool. So I already chopped both of them off. Great. So you should just have one <laughs> side on. <laughs> totally cool. So now you have your half. And what you want to do is just cut little slitters long way, pretty close together, but don't cut all the way to the end because the end staying intact is what's going to help you when you get to the end. And, you know, if you ever cut an, um, sometimes when you cut an onion and you get to the end, it all falls apart and you're like, oh no, it's all falling apart. The best way to help that not happen is to leave just a little bit right. of the edge that you didn't cut into on your long cut so that then you're left with like a little mini piece of onion at the end, if that makes sense. Okay. So then once we make these long cuts, then you'll go back and cut the other direction. Gotcha. Okay. Like a tic-tac-toe board. After Lee passed Dicing 101, it was time to get that duck cooking. Feel ready for whatever's next. All right. I think we're ready to fire up the burner. Are you ready? Yes. Great. All right. So let's turn the burner on to medium-high heat. So you should be hopefully on it. There's medium and there's high. We want to go just a little, basically in between here. Okay. Uh, ah! It's cool. It's totally fine. Just, just to, you're supposed to let a bunch of gas out first, right? Okay. <laughs> Singe my hair a little bit. All right. Medium high. Good to go. Oil in there, your olive oil. Okay. It's about a tablespoon, but you can eyeball it. Okay. This is like a huge. Just to coat the pan and help, you know, when you put the. Put the uh, duck legs in for them to not hit too. It's like just a little buffer. Put a little squiggle in, and then we're just gonna watch it. And you wanna watch and see it until it gets, because you want it pretty hot. If you wanna get a good, nice brown on the top of the chicken legs, the, the duck legs. And cast iron takes a while, it takes a minute to heat up, but the best thing about cast iron is that it holds the heat for it once it's got it. So you just have to let it hang out for a minute. And you'll be able to see the oil will get sort of shimmery, and it'll start to move around a little bit when it gets really hot. And that's when we know we're ready. Do a little test for me. Take a little um, water, like from the faucet, and just flick okay. a little in there and see if it sizzles. It 
All right, it sizzles. All right, Sweet. so take your For this part, you want to make sure that the duck's legs don't get too close together. We're just, we're just getting a little browning okay. on the top of them to start the, the fat rendering, and that's what's going to help get the skin nice and crispy. Um, but you don't want them to get too close together. Okay. So take them and put them skin Got side it. down so that the skin hits the hot pan where the salt is. And you can do them all at once if they all fit in. It's sizzling. Oh. I love that sizzle. And now just eye your clock and you're going to look the past two to three minutes. And you just want to let them sit for like, you know, a minute or two. Okay. And just take the little leg piece with your tongue and pop it up and see how brown you're getting. You want like a nice golden brown. Okay. It'll smell really good too. Lee browns the duck in the pan to render the fat. Chef Steven has her pull the duck from that pan and cook the remaining ingredients in the duck fat. Put the potatoes and the onion into the duck fat. You're gonna get a little fizzle because the pan's so hot, which is fine. Because the fat may jump up at you, so just be careful while you throw them in there. Gotcha. Does it matter which one, potatoes first? Mm, I'd put the potatoes first and then put in the onion. Okay. And sort of gauge since the pot, I'm not sure how the pot is. Just you don't want it too full, because remember you just have to have, want still the legs to fit on top of them and not overflow in the, in the cast iron. Mm. And then once they're in, take your wooden spoon or your big spoon and uh -huh. just stir them and coat them in the fat. Alrighty. Oops. Last one. All right, onions, potatoes, stirred in duck fat. We're gonna take the duck legs and we're just gonna put them on top of the potatoes and onions. Okay. So the idea is, while the duck legs are cooking, the rest of the fat, the duck fat, is going to fall and render off of the duck legs, and it will continue to cook into the potatoes and the onions. So we're, it's like we're making a bed for the for the legs. So we want them skin side up, okay, on top of the potatoes and the onion, okay, and then we're going to do a little extra seasoning on top of those once they're there. Then now let's do. We want to put the herb, sprinkle the herb de Provence and some black pepper on top of the duck legs. Any particular amount, or just. Just until you see like a good, um, not as much as the salt, but um, the herb de Provence should be more than the, the okay. pepper because the pepper will get a little spicy. So it's just like sort of a like touch, like a pinch of pepper on each of them, and then a little okay. more than that of the herb de Provence. And it's okay if it gets on the, pa the potatoes because the more the merrier on the potatoes. Pepper, pepper, pepper. Okay, duck legs seasoned. Great. All right, and now to take three or four sprigs of, of thyme, place them on top of the duck or on top of potatoes, just sort of around so that there's like a good smattering of them on top. And there's no set way, it's just sort of wherever, so that basically you want the, the thyme to be touching both the duck and the potatoes in different places, but nothing's exact, just so it feels like there are three or four on top of there. Okay, but I don't have to take them like off the stem or anything. No, the, you can just put the sprigs right on there. Great. It's so rustic. So rustic. I love it. Rustic. Straight off the farm <laughs> and onto the table. <laughs> That's the prep. So they're ready. And if the oven's preheated. Uh, I think so. I think I heard it ding uh, a little bit. Time is on there. Okay, great. So grab your pot holders. Your pan's going to hot. Make sure the rack toward the middle, it should be. 
you don't have to reposition. It's only you only need to reposition if it's like really close to the top, or really close to the bottom. Uh, no, I think it looks in okay. Middle. Great. And then you're ready to just pop that thing right in there. Cool. It's in. Cool. So that. So now it is the hurry up and wait portion. So they just do their thing in there. Um, it's anywhere from one and a half to two hours that they they hang out on there and roast at 400 degrees, and it's literally a set it and forget it. Call me about um, call me about an hour and a half, and we'll take a look at it. We'll see. We can sort of eyeball it for time's sake and see how it's looking. Call me if anything blows up or anything looks weird or crazy. After that, we waited. And before we knew it, it was time for Lee to hop back in the kitchen. Hey, how's it going? Uh, it's going well. I think I'm ready to uh, take these bad boys out. Yeah, they are they looking golden? They're looking pretty good. Well, yeah. What am I? Uh, what are we looking for? How do I? Know? I mean, yes, they look golden. It's like the skin is pulling away a little bit. Um, it's like sizzling. I just don't know for sure, for sure how how to how to know. It smells. Yeah. It smells real good. Done. Yeah, at an hour and a half, they're they're done. Usually, it's just like if you're ever want to go the extra mile and have it be a little more off the zone, you can do like 30 more minutes. So they should be good to go. Okay, awesome. So then I'm so I think we out. should take let's let's use the tongs and put um, the, the oh, 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 oh. duck legs on a plate because they're gonna rest for 10 minutes just to hang out while we get like potatoes and stuff into a bowl. Okay. Oh my god, it smells so good. Should I just uh, what do I do with all the time? Uh, yeah, you can discard it. Okay. To pull those off, and then just let the duck breast—I mean, the duck uh, legs—rest on the plate. Okay. How's the skin on them? Are they crispy? Uh, they are very crispy. I mean, yeah, that's all we wanted. Yes. Ducks are on the plate. All right. So they're on the plate. So now you can take a, take your wooden spoon and just stir around the potatoes. See how they look. They're looking good. Get them tossed in a little more of the fat. And then we're going to do a little seasoning to the potato. They probably maybe need a little extra salt. Oh. So I'd sprinkle a little extra salt in there and then give one of them a taste to see how it is. I knew you were going to put salt on the potatoes. I was saying before, I couldn't believe you didn't. Uh, salt. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I was, you know, like judging you. There's like a lot of oil still in the pan. Yeah, isn't it amazing how much fat comes off of those duck legs? And that can like be reused, right? If one were going to get really fancy with it? Yeah, we'll, we'll spoon them out so we don't pour all that fat into the bowl. So we'll put the thyme on first and then take your tongs and a duck leg on top of the thyme so you can see like a little bit of the thyme coming out from okay. underneath it. And then spoon a serving of potatoes. Feeling so fancy. Rustic. All about rustic. All about rustic. <laughs> I think I'm good. I think we're I think we're plated up. It looks like a rustic feast. Yes. Straight straight <laughs> off the farm. You're straight yeah. off the farm in a kitchen in New York City. Alright, cool. I think I am ready to serve and uh, be judged. Time for our favorite part of the episode, tasting the food and meeting the critic. For the record, this looks amazing. Yeah. Oh, good. I mean, it looks good, so that's like well, step one, right? Yeah. You have an excellent chef on your hands. She did a fantastic job. 
Yeah, she was so cool, calm, and collected. Thanks, guys. I'm excited to dig in. So um, we have our critic with us today, Anita. Hi. Hey, girl, hey. I'm so excited. This is my first time as a food critic. I've dreamed of this since I was a little girl. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Steven, do you want to talk about the dish a little bit, why you picked it and what we should look for? Yeah, sure. I picked this dish because I remember when I was first starting to cook and even after I've been cooking for a while, I was like, oh, duck seems scary. I'm a little scared of duck. I don't know how to do it or what to do. And it turns out, you know, as with most things, there's a pretty easy way to prepare it if you just do it a certain way. Straightforward recipe. And then, you know, it feels there's like sort of a great sense of accomplishment when you do it. You're like, oh, I just made duck. This is amazing. I do Um, feel very fancy right now. (laughs) It's good, you know, and it's fun later for when you're talking about this. You're like, oh, I made duck. And people are like, oh, wow, whoa. But I fell in love with duck and have become obsessed with duck once I got over the scariness of cooking it. So this is a good, nice and slow roast on some duck legs with some herbs and potatoes. The duck fat sort of falls off the legs while it's cooking and cooks the potatoes. Makes them all fun because who doesn't love a duck fat potato? Um, Amen. So the things to look for, I think, are are the potatoes well seasoned? Do Do they feel like they cooked really well in the duck fat? Um, and for the duck, if it's, you know, cooked and sort of tender and um, juicy on the inside, and the main thing is that crisp, crisp, salty crust on top, which is just sort of addictive. Um, I hope you like it. Yeah, we're really Me too. (laughs) Can I just say that I'm setting the bar really high right now. The last thing I ate today was old pizza from yesterday Mm -hmm. on a Greyhound bus earlier today. (laughs) So this is like a huge step up for me. Wow. Are you in the big bus right now? (laughs) I don't think this will like carry very well though, so I don't know. Oh, I can't take it on a bus I don't think duck is real bus food. Got it. It's not bus. She can hold it by the bone and just gnaw (laughs) on it on the bone. It's a bus. She wants to be that guy. Like, I, you know, no every judgments. bus needs a guy gnawing on a chicken or a, a duck <laughs> onto the red fair. It's gonna be quite fancy. All right, sure. let's let's, do let's this, dig guys. in. I'm let's like do this. really pumped for this right now. Yeah, this is amazing. Yay! Yeah, it's delicious. Yay! Mm. Yay! Thank you, Steven. Yeah. yeah, there's a really crispy skin on here that I just want to take with me and eat on a Greyhound bus. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I often eat mock duck, um, so having real duck is also exciting, and I believe it's supposed to be juicy, which this is. Because it's chicken, your, but better. better. Yeah, in your expert <laughs> duck opinion, how do you feel about your... Yeah, it's like- it's like special chicken. Yeah it's, yeah, it's all dark chicken. It's special chicken. It's special chicken. Um, I'm feeling pretty good. I've never I eat duck a lot, but um, I mean, well, when someone else is paying for it. Um, <laughs> right. But but this is my first time cooking it, and I feel pretty. I feel pretty baller right now, guys. I'm not gonna lie. Would you do it again? Would you venture into the world of duck? I would for sure, for sure, make this dish again. It was like pretty much a one pot deal, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, so like cleanup's easy and yeah, you can kind of just set it. I didn't have a drink of wine in between our hour and a half wait, but you know, this would had I been at home by myself. This would go really well with some <laughs> yeah. wine and also while cooking it. I feel like it would yes. go really well. Yeah. yeah. Anita, how do you feel about the dish? I feel really good about it. I'm um I wanna say I know what kind of potato this is, but I'm like afraid I'm gonna be off. But are they are they called like fingerling potatoes or did I make that up? These are potatoes, right? Yeah. yeah. I know what potatoes are. Yeah. Okay, great. They're very good. <laughs> um, I'm not sure what this um, herb is underneath, but I like the presentation. 
I'm going to assume it's just there for that and that you're That's not That's a bed of time. It. It's very oh, rustic. Steve and I were really working on like a rustic presentation for you guys. Got it. Yeah, okay. this is like yeah. rustic yeah. feels. There's farm in the city. Feels. That's what we were going for. Farm in farm the city, in the yeah. City. The urban farm. Um, Steven, so how was it being someone's, you know, <laughs> brains but not being able to physically be there or even see it or help her? Or was she just such a pro that you felt confident you guys were just chatting? It was fascinating. It's almost like you're doing it blindfolded. I was like, all right, give me lay of the land like where is the stove do you have counter space near you on the stove it's interesting it really as a as a cook it makes you really review your steps you know because there are some things you do by rote and without thinking about it and you get into a rhythm and this really like it makes you go okay what is the actual step-by-step next thing that I would do, which is really good for a cook to be reminded of that. It's fun. It's really fun. I think it's a really fun way to cook that I never would have thought about, you know, thought to have done myself. So it's awesome. Thank you so much, you guys, for asking me to help out. Yeah, thank you for being part of this. This is amazing from someone who's benefiting from all of your work. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I wish you could try it. it. I was like, oh, this is going to make me want to go home and make duck now. You should do it. I was like, I don't mean to rub this in your face, but it's a big thing. I have a pairing question. What kind of inexpensive wine would you pair this with? Like cupcake? That's one of my favorite inexpensive wines. Maybe even a box? I I think I'd go with like a like a spicy kind of red since there's not really like a, a spice to it. You could get like a little peppery like kick to a red. Like if you could find a spicy Spanish red. As a as a new food critic, I was actually asking before when I first got here, if you're like a good food critic, do you like eat a full meal before you eat a, a full meal of duck? Because I did not eat dinner. I had some popcorn. I'd like to think that it didn't cloud my judgment. So I didn't come in here like starving, which to me means this is a good dish. I would have preferred if you didn't eat anything at all today. Nothing at all? That would have made me more comfortable. (laughs) You really ruined it with the bus pizza? Yeah. Yeah. Damn it. The bus pizza really... The palate is a very delicate thing. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, you guys have to see... I wish wish you guys could see how Lee's really describing this. Like, she's a pro. She's become a chef. She literally, after this, is like, I can do anything. (laughs) Like... Steven, you created a monster over here. She's like, um, did you make duck today in two hours? I don't think so. I don't like, think so. It's like um, art, though. It's so easy to all of a sudden sound so pretentious about it. Well, when I'm cooking duck... <laughs> well, that's the thing. You have to now think about it this way. The next time someone asks you, what was the last thing you ever cooked? You'd be like, well... well it, was, um, it was a duck leg with some rustic potatoes. Like, whatever. It was just a regular Tuesday. Yeah, it's like totally average. No big deal. A critic really. I'm just a guys. I'm just a modern woman (laughs) trying to do my best. Oh my god. (laughs) I'm gonna start using rustic the next time I want to sound fancy talking about food. Yeah, that's okay. Because Stephen's word of the day. I used to work at a wine shop, not knowing anything about wine, and learned that it's all about knowing adjectives. Oh, yeah, such like as earthy, this has bits of wood in it. Buttery. It tastes wickery. I heard from a wine critic or just a, you know, sommelier one time. They can't really be wrong. You can't tell someone that there isn't black currant in there. Exactly. So if you don't know, just say. They don't Dark know. cherries. Stephen, what's the wildest thing you've ever had to cook before? That's a good question. I don't know that I've cooked anything so much wild as I've cooked like a mound. Like I had, I had a dinner, um, I cook at this, um, artist residency at a farm and the same day that the numbers of the dinner went from 11 people to 29 people Oof. and 
So I, it's on a farm in a small kitchen. So I roasted 14 and a half pounds of pork in a normal oven. I think I made 20 cups of macaroni and cheese. So it was like, I named it like Provencal macaroni and cheese. Cause I was like, this gotta have a little flair to it when you're like <laughs> using like a churn to like stir more pounds That's... of macaroni and cheese you've ever seen in your life. So I would classify that as like one of my biggest dinner challenges. I don't know if there's anything crazy, but that was pretty crazy to do in a small kitchen. Yeah, it sounds really challenging. It seems like a triumph. I feel like you mentioning macaroni and cheese is a really good time for me to mention that I was a cheesemonger for about eight years. You might be shocked given that I just talked about bus pizza, but um, <laughs> that was actually my first job like as at 15 because uh, I grew up in Connecticut and the first job I ever had was working at a cheese place called Say Cheese 2. It was called Say Cheese 2 as in T-O-O because it was the second of its kind. Um, I know, very clever. Uh, and then I did that all the way through college as well. So I bring it up because I'm curious, what do you? What did you put in the macaroni and cheese? I did a mix of Gruyere and white cheddar. I'm, I'm very impressed. So Anita, what's your favorite cheese? Uh, okay, so my favorite cheese, I would say, um, would definitely be one called Fromage Daffinois. Um, so fromage, it sounds fancy because it's in French, but it's really not. It was probably the best-selling cheese of any place that I ever worked at. It's a double cream. It's a cow's milk, like a just like a creamy, buttery, brioche cheese that you would like put on a baguette, mm. and it's delicious. That is my jam. Yes. That's my number. Yeah. It's a crowd pleaser. You can, you know, put some jam on top. I did that earlier this week. My friend got a baguette, some raspberry jam. And some fromage daffinois. Yeah, that's like my favorite dinner is yes. cheese and crackers and jam. Absolutely. I'm a 31-year-old adult, but you know. <laughs> yes, also, um, I like to play a game that I, given all of my knowledge of cheese, I like to play this game with people where I tell them what kind of cheese they are based on their personality. I just went to a dinner party that everyone had to bring a cheese. <gasps> <laughs> the that, that like represented themselves these are your friends we better know. friends I'm i so know jealous. well they were like co-worker friends so okay. you know that's it, a like, very co-worker thing yeah it was so yeah i kind of want to know well. what cheese steven is okay yeah. all right all right all right this is tough I, having just met you guys I, I have to make a lot of assumptions right now um, i want to know the assumptions as well but i what qualifies think, me to be this cheese i think don't leave out any stream of consciousness no way it seems like perhaps you have a dry sense of humor perhaps so i would say maybe you're a four-year aged gouda i don't know if you've had a four-year aged gouda i don't know but i'm down it's completely <laughs> it is like night and day between like a like a red wax gouda it's caramelized it no not at all it's oh i love stinky cheeses but too. I, i'll take but yes i'm i'm a fan um having we i know again we've just met but i don't um i don't know for some reason what's coming out to me is a burrata have you had a burrata oh, before you are kind of gooey in the middle it's wow. a delicious gooey just like fresh like mats and it's very good it's really good with balsamic on top i feel like i'm just making myself hungry but it's a compliment i feel wow. like that's no, all right. what my body looks like <laughs> <laughs> that's me actually right now you know i you know part of me wish if you're single i feel like you should put that on your tinder profile Critic. well i'll just have the picture of this dish be my tinder you can do picture. that too yeah okay i'm not gonna do that and <laughs> i'm a burrata i'm a burrata, I'm a burrata. Um, will you be my bruschetta 
Yeah. And I will say for you, <laughs> I'm going to mix it up. I want to just keep all, since we're all different people, different personalities, yeah. I would say, especially since before this, you hadn't really cooked as much. So you've got layers and this is a compliment. Perhaps if she says port wine cheese. I'm going to freak it. No, 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 no. Well, no, I was going to say, <laughs> this is a high compliment. I was going to say unpasteurized Brie de Meaux. Which is illegal in the United States. Wow. Did you know that? Cheese has to be Cheese has to be Stephen liked that one. Cheese has to be aged a certain amount of time before it's brought into the United States. So the only time I've ever So I'm had, here illegally? You're the real thing. You're real, you're Trump raw. Does not approve. Yo, don't tell people that man. You're <laughs> real and you're raw. That's All right. I like All right. I'm into it. That feels right. I'll take right. it. Now Steven, okay. Steven, I also want to classify you as a Mots. Uh, mozzarella um just because it seems like you when I, I when i think of a fresh mozzarella i think of somebody with a really sunny personality and i feel like i'm getting that vibe from steven so i'm into that yeah Ooh. so you can be the buffalo yeah. mozzarella I and you're the i'm so into that that's right there's no port wine here i would never call I... anyone in this room a port wine or a havarti even though i do like havarti but well guys this has been amazing steven can you tell us uh where we can find you any social media links or anything you want to share yeah so you can find me um at www.oxfordplaid.com uh and you can follow me on instagram it's just oxford plaid so and you'll see me pop up different places and make fun things. And thanks so much for having me. This was so much fun. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for being part of this. And we're yeah. going to insta-stalk you for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. And Anita, can you tell us where we can find you as well? <laughs> Feel free to stalk. So you can definitely follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Anita Jutina, because I'm Jewish and Lucina, and it kind of rhymes. Um, <laughs> in that. terms of oddly specific things that I'm doing in comedy. I have a Frasier podcast coming up. Sorry, Launching what? I love Frasier. I grew up watching Frasier and so I decided to start my own podcast and yes I am aware that Kevin Smith has his. Mine is going to be nothing like that. It's all about themes of the show Frasier. For example my fourth guest coming up, both of her parents are therapists so we're going to talk about whether or not Frasier Korean is a good therapist. I've got comedian Josh Gondelman um, coming into the studio next week and we're going to talk about weird Frasier fanfic because there's a whole world of it. Oh, yeah. What? Um, uh, oh, yes. Yeah. I don't know anything about life anymore. I'm, it's <laughs> fine. Oh don't ask me about U.S. history, but I can tell you about uh, yeah. TV shows. The Bon Jovi uh, is fan fiction so about <laughs> everything. <laughs> and then separately from that, um, I am hosting a new live show called I Didn't Have Cable Okay, which is about me growing up watching terrible TV because I didn't have cable. So that show is coming Wait, up. Like, and also Frasier? And also Frasier. <laughs> I mean, to give you an example, our last show we did we discussed the show VIP which starred Pamela Anderson that was on Fox for three seasons in yeah, the no, early two thousands. I never even heard of it. I mean, oh, I, like I, don't, I, I, I could tell you about every show that's people. been canceled on NBC in between like nineteen ninety nine and like two thousand nine. Find me on uh, social media, Anita Jutina, for every weird detail of my life. <laughs> all of that <laughs> and lee where can we find you if you want to show any um phone? you can follow me on instagram at lee lee pads because so cute my name was too generic uh and uh and i also do stand up uh, around the city so i post about that so anyone can come check me out there two comedy ladies i know oh, oh, i knew it you're raw and real <laughs> just like a whatever <laughs> <laughs> awesome well thank you so much guys it's thank been such you. a pleasure thanks for having um, me steven thank you again for showing lee the ropes here and then allowing yes, us to have you, such steven. a delicious meal yeah, you of made course. me thank you you made me love duck so much fun <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Yay. That's a great accomplishment. Yes. <laughs> it, made me, it made me love Duck again, and I'm probably going to go home right now and figure out how to make it. Do it. <laughs> I love that. Do it. All right. We're going we're gonna to hang up on you now. Salty is a five-on production in collaboration with Midnight Market. Find us on iTunes or wherever you get podcasts. Follow us on social media at The Salty Pod and check out our website, saltypod.com. Email us at info at saltypod.com or call the Salty Hotline at 615-606-3925 and leave us a voicemail and tell us why you'd love to be on the show. We're always looking for rookies, chefs, and critics. That's like mad salty. That's like very salty. It is like the utmost like salty. If there was something that was salty, it's this. Mm.